Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. How's your ankle, Eric? Listen, dude. <laughs> All right, let's just get it out of the way. This is what happened. Should I've I, never. Should I cut the video in? Sure, go ahead. Go okay. ahead, and you can cut the still frame in. I'll, I'll do it all. All right, but wait till I get to that part. I will. I'm just jumping ahead. I never dress up for Halloween. Okay, I'm an adult, and I don't think I dressed up as a kid past like the age of twelve. I just, I just Man. couldn't be bothered. Wow. I would throw on an Indiana jersey. What a dark soul you have. Well. Yeah. I mean, my daughter was a demon. That's all she wants to be. And she's like, it's not a costume. <laughs> so, um, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to be a good dad. It's our first Halloween in this neighborhood that I moved into because of COVID last year, canceled Halloween. Sure. And this neighborhood is a crazy neighborhood for Halloween. Like literally thousands of kids come. Yeah. They get like bus into your neighborhood. Yeah. You should come next year. Honestly. Adams Hill is holding it down now. We got to represent the local community. Yeah, but that seems difficult. All the ups and downs and that ro- those roads. Well, if my ankle was in the shape yours was, it would be very difficult. All right, anyway. So I dressed as a squid game guard. All right? Because my right. kids, that's all we talk about. They love talking about squid game, even though I only let them watch little pieces of it. I wouldn't let them watch the whole series. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dark. It's dark, but they get it all on YouTube. Like they just know everything about the show from YouTube clips. So I dressed as a squid game guard. We had some, a couple people over who joined us for the Halloween festivities and we were preparing to go out and start trick or treating. When like a family walked in front of our house and I brought them the candy to give it to them. They were like really early. And I come back and I put the candy down on my porch and I, stop laughing. And I turn around and I took a step down and my whole body collapsed. I felt what I thought was my foot coming off. That's what it felt like. I I hit a divot in the grass and I just went down and began uh, cursing Mm -hmm. and, and I was upset and I tried to just, and there were people there that like, I'm not that close with. So it was humiliating. (laughs) And so I just tried to hobble to get into the house. And like Holly is telling me something. And dude, I knew right away that this is not a normal like tweak. I I Miller copped my ankle. Like I I knew that it was real bad. 
So I go in. Oh, and here's the other thing that happened. The uh, onesie squid game outfit ripped from crotch to armpit. <laughs> so I just get in the house. I rip it off. I'm so angry. I get ice. I put on the ice. And all I'm thinking is, we've got Hoosier Fan Fest in a week, less than a week. I, I got to be running around like what? I, I got to be in Bloomington. How am I going to do this? I'm like, I, I, I literally thought I broke my, my foot or my leg, my ankle, and it blew up like a grapefruit. Mm. Um, I started icing it. And then I was like, I got to, they got to go trick or treating. So I'm going to have to hold candy. So I wrapped ice around my foot and I come out and one of the, the guys there who I'm not that close with, He's like, hey, uh, no, you know, we didn't get to see it, but you know, it's probably captured on your ring camera <laughs> on your front door. And I'm like, nah, we don't need to look at that. And everybody's like, no, we got to see it. We got to see it. We got to see it. <laughs> sure enough, crystal clear is <laughs> me falling like an idiot and everybody is dying. I am hyperventilating from the pain that I'm in. Mm -hmm, yeah. And everyone is laughing at the video of me falling. So Ward, feel free to share the video on the video podcast with everybody. I will. Um, and at least they'll have some warning because you, I get a text from you. I get back from trick-or-treating. Annie yeah. and I, uh, our costume was we went as Weekend at Bernie's 3. So uh, she played the Jonathan Silverman character. I was Andrew McCarthy. And then we had a skeleton with a mustache and sunglasses and all the clothes is Bernie. I like it. Um, so that it, we had a good time. Nobody got hurt. But I get back from trick-or-treating and you're like, um, I believe you're – wait, I could read your text, exactly what it says. <laughs> the text I got from you was – I'm scrolling up. I'm scrolling up. Let's find the video. There's you with the foot in the ice bath. Um, hold on. Hold on. It's got to reload. We text each other a lot. Okay. What you said to me is happy Halloween, colon. Here's what happened to me, period. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> so I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be good. Then I see there's a video. And below the video, it says, so happy this was caught on the ring camera. So, of course, I play it immediately. And, you know, I see you walking up with your Squid Game outfit. I'm like, oh, that's fun. All the kids are there. It's great. I thought you were actually coming back from trick-or-treating. I didn't realize this was before that even started. Nothing started. And so then I, you put the candy bucket down, and then and then you just drop like a ton of bricks. But what was horrifying was the sound. It, I, I thought maybe somebody drove by and shot you <laughs> because there was this popping sound that then when I saw the way you fell and then the way you limped back up to your house cursing, I realized that uh, I was like, uh, that had to be a bone breaking. I think I just heard his ankle break, but I could not bring myself to watch it again yeah. be because I had already had some candy and it would have all come back up. I was like, that was as disgusting as it was hilarious. So then I just texted you, oh, you what happened? And we got into it. But then when I, I told Annie and the kids, of course, they were like, we want to see it. We want to see it. So sure, like, bring oh. them all in. Bring the neighbors. <laughs> 
So now, along with your family and mine, all of the Hysterics family can watch this clip right now. Read and listen at the same time. Um, I'm going to go trick-or-treating. Ow! Oh, shit. Sit down. Sit down. Don't walk like this. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that. You know what? That clip and my ankle are not powered by Peaks, 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 Peaks. I wonder what Straight No Chaser was as as their Halloween costume. Do you think they all get together and like they're like the Adams family? Like they can really, they could be all the major characters from Star Wars. I mean, they could really, as a family, we usually like to do a group of four for like Beetlejuice or something like that. But I mean, they roll deep. They, they could, they could have been like 13 IU scholarship basketball players. They could be. Yeah, that's a good question. We should ask them. I like the idea that you think they only hang out with each other on Halloween. You don't think they do? No. I think they have some of them have families. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have families. No, they, they all live their whole lives to just be an acapella traveling group. No, no. I believe they all live in a house in Bloomington. And then when the holidays come around, what they've been rehearsing all year in their basement, they share with the world. I like that. There's like a movie about that. Just these <laughs> 13 guys in an acapella group. Um, listen, a guy that we wanted, wanted we wanted him to come to Indiana. The staff really wanted him to come to Indiana, and he chose to go to that piece of crap school in Alabama. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't care about him anymore. He's a clown show. Fair enough. I Look, we thought we had him. Staff felt really good about him. He didn't come. You know what? We got Jalen Huchifino. We got Tamar Bates. We got Caleb Banks. We got Ja'Kai. Ja'Kai Newton. And and look, you and I have talked about this. I actually think this staff will do – it is the, the polar opposite of the last staff in that I think the only way that Archie and those guys had a chance at a recruit was a long recruitment – where hopefully over time a recruit could really get to see that Archie was a genuine guy and build a relationship and crack that hard exterior and realize that he was a good dude. And it worked for some, not nearly as many as we needed it to work for. And they were really bad on short recruitments. I mean, just, I mean, basically an offer. I mean, I, honestly, like an offer. Because, and you and I talked about this, that he just didn't have the charisma or the track record to come in on a three-week two-month, three-month recruitment and beat out Calipari, Bill Self, Nate Oates, Tom Izzo, you know, anybody. Like, that well, wasn't going to happen. And and long or short, if they weren't from the state of Indiana, it was going to be really difficult. You know, I would almost say next to impossible. Not impossible, but next to impossible. 
This staff, I actually think, will do better on the short recruitments than they will on the long. And that's not to say they will do bad on the long. I just think they will do better on the short because I think there is so much swag on this staff that a Mike Woodson meets a Tamar Bates on a Zoom and like three weeks later, he's committing. Jalen Huchifino got to meet Mike Woodson for a couple, a few months committed. Now, granted, uh, Kenya was on him for a while. Kenya was on Jalen Hood sure. for, for a while. But I think that this staff with this swag and the NBA bona fides and the way that Mike Woodson carries himself, I think that's going to prove a very fertile ground for the next several years for us. Whereas in a long recruitment, again, not that they will do bad. I think they will do fine in those. Uh, and I think we will win more battles than we lose when it comes to the guys we really want. Well, we just don't, we don't have any empirical evidence yet of long recruitments. They just got here. We know they're doing good on the short recruitment. But I get the sense that Woody does not have the patience for the long recruitments. That's mm. And he likes the short ones. You know, I mean, like, look, Woody ain't getting any younger. It's like, let's get this thing done. And what I love about Woody is he can't understand why these kids don't want to come to Indiana. He doesn't get it. Like, what do you mean we don't get him? Like, I, I like that. Well, and as I was thinking about the the loss of the clown show, and I was just like, but gosh darn it, um, we're, we're in it with these guys. And I think, you know, any anybody, if you're to believe any of the winds that were blowing around the internet, it was down to us and Alabama, and we yeah. were right there. And and look, if we hadn't been getting any of these guys to commit over the last few months, it'd be like, who cares? There's no prizes for se- second place. But that it's not, not all our eggs are going to be in any one player's basket. That yes, if if we need a big, well, look, we we got Durr came in in this off season. Who will be in the portal next season? You know that if we really need that body, that size that the clown show would have provided, there'll be somebody who played well at another school who's looking for a better opportunity, and Woody and staff will be very happy to provide it to them. So I'm just kind of glad that. As we're going into the season, because, brother, we are one week away from the season, that it is going to be um, as many no's as yeses, more no's than yeses. You know, sure. as Bill, Bill, Bill Self will tell you, not that we like to quote that dirt bag on this show, but that we're, we're, we're zeroing in on very few guys, giving them all the focus and attention we possibly can. And we've gotten more than we haven't that have gotten that treatment from us. Totally. Let's also not forget that while the season is a week away, Hoosier Fan Fest is five days away. Four days away? Well, from the time they're hearing this. Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, four. I never can figure out what that is. It's like, do you count count the day that you're talking about? Yeah, I I, I get stuck with my son on that. If like if it's the and and then I get lost on like if it's October 10th and something is the 20th, is that 10 days away or is that 11 days away or is it nine days away? I think you just go with the math. It's 10. It's 10. I'll tell you what really confuses me when you cross over a month. When it's like October 27th and something's on November 3rd, figuring out the math for some. I need a graphing calculator for how many days that way that is. 
Well, Annie, she's she's got like the the children's nursery rhyme that tells you how many days are in each month. So I just go to her for that, and then I start doing the math. But even I mean, if there's thirty one, it's too much math. It's too much math. Fair. Here's what I think: everything's about a week away. Well, um, I, I mean, we are so close to both the Fan Fest and the season opener, the opening of the Mike Woodson era that I can guarantee you will be limping around for both of those. <laughs> I mean, I was ice bathing today all day. Just ice bath, ice bath, rest, ice bath, rest. This when we're is, done with this, I'm going to go back outside and do one more ice bath. It's a good thing we don't love to just walk all over Bloomington when we're back there. Ward, I'm not kidding. When we get to the airport, I may get a wheelchair and you're going to push me around. And when It'll we get to for... Bloomington, I may get a wheelchair and you have to push me around. What I think would be more fun for you and definitely better for me is one of those scooters you like kneel on. No, no, and like, I will not do. And I then you use the things. other foot to push yourself. I think no, that would no. be really fun. And I no. think we could get good content out of that. Maybe we could get spokes on the back tire so I could ride behind you. I, I will not use one of those. I would rather sit in the airport for seven days. Well, it may come to be. I mean, um, I'm just trying to get the swelling down. Hoosierfanfest.com. Tickets are available. I have a feeling that you and I might be making a very special announcement about Hoosier Fan Fest in the next day or so. I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. And uh, when they find out what that announcement is, they will be too. I hope so. Hoosierfanfest.com. Also, the Hoosier Youth Camp that is happening from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock that day. Girls ages 6 to 14. A chance to get taught the game of basketball by one of the best college basketball teams in the country, the IU women's basketball team, and probably going to be the best IU team in the history of the program coming off of its first Elite Eight. I like how you I liked how you put it this time. You like that? Yes. Uh, Allie Patberg, Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, your daughters, aunt, nieces, sisters, grandkids, granddaughters get to be taught how to play the game and hang out with these incredible young women who, besides being great basketball players, are, I mean, all the ones we've talked to are just incredible role models and who you want your daughters to be around and who you want them to emulate. So that's exciting. And you can go to HoosierFanFest.com and, and still, I'm sorry, HoosierYouthCamp.com, HoosierYouthCamp.com and sign up for that. There's still slots available, though not many at all. So I'm excited as hell for all of that. I'm excited as hell to be back in Bloomington, whether I got gimpy leg or not. And I am excited as hell for our guest today, somebody who we've been trying to talk to for the better part of two years. I think this is somebody we've been all we've all been trying to get to know better for the last couple of years. And I'm very excited we have that opportunity and can share it with you, the listeners. And let's do that now because I've got to go put this thing in some ice again. I'm in bad shape. I'm in real bad shape. <laughs> and your ankle's fucked. <laughs> Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know what we do here? We talk to really cool people. This one we've all been wanting to talk to and or listen to for quite a while. Eric, give some details on who our mystery guest is. 
hailing from Evansville, Indiana, where he took his high school to a sectional title, where he was second team All-State, an Indiana junior All-Star, first team All-Southern Indiana Athletic Conference. He averaged 23.2 points as a sophomore. He averaged 21.6 rebounds, 4.6 assists as a junior. He scored 1,314 points in his three-year career. And you might be raising your eyebrow. Why is it a three-year career? Because he was so damn good. And you know that he was so damn good because he was ranked number 11 overall in the class of 2021. And then when he reclassified, he became the number 26th player overall, the number 27th player overall by ESPN, five-star recruit, decided to graduate early, which means he's a smart kid too, which let me tell you something. I could barely graduate high school on time. Okay, so let's just put that into context. But he graduated early and reclassified so he could stay home and come to the Indiana University Hoosiers. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to one of the most talented players who has committed to Indiana in many, many years. We are talking to, I don't know what they call you now because of the free year. Are you a freshman now or a sophomore with freshman eligibility? I don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Christian Lander. What's up? What's up? What's up? So, important question first. We're shooting this, recording this on Monday night, and you did tell me you had to finish your Chipotle bowl before we got on this call. What goes into a Christian Lander Chipotle bowl? Um, I, it's pretty simple. Um, I get brown rice, um, steak, cheese, queso, lettuce and then like this vinaigrette stuff i don't know exactly what it's called but you you do the cheese and the queso you go double cheese on it cheese yeah. in multiple states of matter solid and liquid yeah correct correction on the it's a double steak double steak great by the way i so respect that i respect that move now do you always go bowl or do you sometimes go burrito or you stay away from the tortilla um i used to go Burritos like a lot, like every time. But now I'm like on the bowl vibes right now. You're on the on the bowl, cake. and is that because of like Cliff Marshall, nutritionist, telling you stay away from the bread, or is it just because you like the bowl? Just because I like the bowl. All right, I like it. I like it. Okay, so that is an important question we're answering right out of the gate. The other is, yeah, what what do you consider yourself as far as the year of college goes? Um. I'm a, far as academics, I'm a sophomore, but as far as basketball, I'm a freshman. Okay. Okay. So, uh, going, well, let's, let's start with that. What are you studying? You know, you got a, a jump on your uh, higher education. I mean, I was, I wasted my freshman year at IU anyway, but you got there a year early. What are you digging into? Um, sports marketing and management right now, but I'm, I'm, I might change it. I'm not sure yet, but that's what I'm, that's my major right now, sports marketing and management. If Are you, you seeing that start to relate to NIL stuff? What you say? Are you seeing that start to relate to everything that's happening with NIL? There seems to be a oh, lot yeah. of loss over there. Yes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Everything is like, especially since NIL, a lot of my classes are talking about NIL now and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely... And do they always like look over towards you when they're talking about it? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they do. You know, sure. at that point, if it were me, 
Like when I was a kid, I loved to have a big stack of money, but I didn't have any money. So I would get like a $20 bill and then go get 20 singles, you know, and then wrap it yeah. in the 20. Look, you're nodding. You know this move. That's what you should do. Get a hundo, wrap a hundred singles in it. And when they look at you for NIL, just, just start making it rain in that classroom. Yeah, that would be a funny move for sure. <laughs> so before we get into your whole story, let's talk about it's this episode is going out on Tuesday morning in just five days or four days, I should say, Hoosier Fan Fest at Assembly Hall. You and the rest of your teammates, along with us, are going to greet the IU fan base and have a little fan fest where you get to take pictures, autographs, play a little basketball, have a little fun. Are you looking forward to the event? Yes, for sure. Definitely looking forward to interacting with the fans. Um, we haven't done like, nothing like this, um, what I've heard so far, so... It's definitely going to be a good experience for sure. Hoosierfanfest.com. Hoosierfanfest.com to pick up your tickets. And and as a an Indiana kid who then comes to IU and you get the whole IU basketball player experience, what what is a typical interaction with somebody passing you on the way to class or when you go to Chipotle, do they do they always want to say hi, take pictures, or are people around Bloomington pretty good at, at letting you just go about your business? At first, it was I get stopped by everybody, but now they just let me go. They just be like, what's up? Um, have a, hope you have a good year this year. But at first, everybody wanted to like, just take pictures and see if I can follow them on Instagram and stuff like that. So, <laughs> But that's calmed down a whole lot, so it's all good now. Did that bother you, or did you enjoy it? No, I enjoy it. I like talking to people that like watching me play basketball. So, yeah, I didn't bother me at all. Uh, I do want to ask before we go on any further, we do this with a lot of our guests, do you have a nickname? Uh, some of my teammates call me KL. KL. Can we yeah. call you KL? Yeah, for sure. That's what, that's what friends do. That's what friends yeah. do. That's that's as close to being teammates as we'll ever be with you because you, Eric and I we were always picked last, you know, <laughs> and, and there were no scholarships on the line. So we'll, we'll consider that an honor. So KL, you talked about um, people that like to watch you play basketball. You're about to play basketball for real again at Indiana. One week from today, the season kicks off. Give us a sense of just how you're feeling. What um, we know you were dealing with some tweaked ankles and stuff like that over over some of the practice. But how are you feeling and what's the excitement level for you and the team now that we're only one week away from the new era of Indiana basketball? Uh, we're just tired of beating up on each other in practice every day. We're tired and we're ready to play against somebody else, ready to kick the season off and have a, definitely a different outcome than last year. So it's going to be a pretty good year, I think. Do you uh, – I. I know there was a super secret scrimmage. We'll all pretend like didn't exist, but you did get to play against some people who are not on your team. Did that feel like a good warm up? Did you feel like that served its purpose to 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 give you guys a sense of where you're at? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was a, a good a good experience for sure. Um, I'm not gonna speak too much on it, but I oh, you've been well coached. You have been well coached. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a pretty good experience for sure. Um, how have you felt the whole, uh, and, and we're going to back into, you know, Woody coming in and what that meant for everybody, but from the Bahamas till now, where you're really on the doorstep of the season starting, 
Have you been able to see a, like the evolution of this team in this new system from those two games in the Bahamas to where you guys are now? Yes, definitely. We, I think we, get, we literally get better every practice. Um, and we, Coach Woodson and the staff make sure we get better in different areas that we need to get uh, better in as far as like us watching film before every practice, um, making sure we, the stuff that we're doing wrong, we do better and the stuff that we already do good do even better so yeah I think it's gonna be a, it's a totally different vibe this year well and one of the big talking points has been the different vibe and we know that coach Woodson is not afraid to coach and coach hard when you guys get out on the court um but what has he been doing for the team even you individually to to boost your confidence and your your spirits after really what the whole program's been through leading up to his entrance um, he just holds everybody accountable no matter what, who you are, um, all the way down from the walk-ons all the way up to the high, the starting five. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. They, he just makes sure everybody's good. If you're doing something wrong, he's going to make sure you do it right. Um, and like that, so so does the staff. Um, it's just a totally different – so, like, everybody's, like, together this year, I feel like. So, it's a totally different – that's just what I like about it for sure. Everybody's together. From a basketball perspective, when a new coach comes in, obviously there's new principles to learn, there's new philosophies, there's a new system. What has been, I'm going to ask kind of a two-part question, what has been for you the most enjoyable part from a basketball perspective? What is the most enjoyable aspect of the new system that you truly enjoy as a player? And what has been the most challenging to learn and to kind of get comfortable with? Um, the most enjoying part is definitely the type of offense we run now. It's a lot more free and open. Like you make your own decisions, like kind of like the NBA since he's came, since he's Coach Woodson came from the NBA. So it's just like free, open, just making decisions. We have plays, don't get me wrong, but it's like you just make your own decisions. But I think at the same time, that was the most enjoyable part, but it was almost, it was most challenging too because it was a, it's a totally different dynamic from last year. From last year, we were running a whole bunch of like set plays, and then now from this year, it's there's a whole bunch of free open open space, so you kind of got to get used to it. But I think everybody's gotten used to it and likes it now for sure. He did talk a lot about how much focus there was on the defense, even going into the Bahamas. Has it started to even out in practice? Do you see it a little bit more like okay, the defensive fundamentals have been implemented, and now the offense is you know oh the season's here in a week we got to get that up to speed too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like our our de- once our defense, I think our defense is really good. So I feel like all of our defense is going to make our offense a whole lot better. Christian, or I should say, KL, for two idiots like us, uh, do me a favor and. Tell us, like, on the defensive side of the, the ball, you know, Archie was came into Indiana and everybody knew he's a defensive-minded guy. He plays the pack line, but he was a defensive-minded guy. Coach Woodson comes in, and clearly he focused on defense too. But can you give us something specific? I'm not talking about better or worse here. We're not doing that. But just something specific that is different in how Mike Woodson – tells you to play defense as opposed to how the last staff had you play defense, like something specific for two morons that don't know anything. So it can give us a real idea of the differences here. Um, I don't think they're very much different. I feel like it was just, 
he focused more on the defense and like in the small coach wasn't like focused on like the details of it and like make sure we got it down pat. So it's like, I think the only difference that I would say is probably the way we close out on shooters and on the people that can shoot and drive past us. That's the only difference is just the way we close out. That's probably the main one. But so how what what does that mean exactly? Like what does it mean that closing out means you're 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 running at a guy who's about to shoot a three? So what is what is the philosophy that you used to play by and now that you're playing by now? Um, last year it was chopping our feet and putting two hands up, like making sure they don't shoot. But now it's coming out like squared to the ball, square to the uh, offensive player. With uh, we t- go out and touch them, like touch them and then put our hand up after, which is a lot. It's a lot different. It seems kind of simple, but it's that's definitely a difference maker for sure. And what about defensive switches? Are you guys doing more of that now than you were last year? Um, I think it. I think it's just going to depend on who we're playing and who can guard who at that certain point in the game. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just probably game to game. Now, I I want to talk about this because Ward and I might have snuck into a practice recently, maybe in the last month or so, maybe a little more than a month. And one of the things we may have or may not have seen is a very vocal Christian Lander on the court. Very vocal, a lot, dare I say, a lot of swag, you know, a lot of um, something maybe we didn't get to see much of last year. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. it was a COVID year, so we weren't in any practice, but, but, a, a Christian Lander that, to our eyes, resembled what we heard about Christian Lander in AAU and in high school. Is that fair to, to characterize you that way? And do you feel more of that this this offseason than maybe you did all of last year? Yeah, definitely. My, I'm going to keep it 100. Um, my confidence level was at a all-time low last year. And this year, I'm, I've built it back up and I'm starting to get my, like you said, my swag back. So yeah, it's definitely a lot different from last year. And to get that back, how much of that has been on, on you just looking at yourself and saying, what do I need to do to find my confidence again? And how much of it is the way coach Woodson has approached you and, and really the whole team? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it was me looking at myself and, saying that I've, I've already I've already done it. I've already had the swag before. I just need to get it back. And I think it's just the confidence that this staff has just been putting into everybody. It's a totally different staff. So I feel like they're just putting way more confidence into us and holding us accountable, which has given us confidence. So is there because this is what I would do for you. This is what I would do for myself is I would give myself a break that I I should have still been in high school. Did you ever think like, man, whoa, I'm I'm like a senior in high school out here playing in the Big Ten. It seems like outside objectively very easy to see why you had to have a year to adjust. Did that help you kind of like shake that off and say, okay, now we go? Um, I think once I got here, I never really thought about me being in high school anymore because there is no going back at this point. There is this, I'm in, I'm in college now. So I just treated it like it was my post. I was, it was, I was supposed to be a freshman last year. So I feel like I just, I'm, I'm real hard on myself. So I just feel like it is what it is. I'm in, I'm in the big 10 now. So I got to just chalk it up and do what I got to do. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bahamas because part mm-hmm. of why you come to a place like Indiana is 
obviously for the exposure and player development and all that, but also you get to experience some pretty cool things being a basketball player. And you got to experience one of those in going to the Bahamas this year. What was that trip like for you? Um, and, and yeah, what would just, what was it like hanging around teammates, getting to know new coaches in an environment like that? Um, it was great. I honestly didn't want to leave. Um, I've never been out of the country before. So that was like a real big eye opener. It was a, especially staying in Atlantis, which is like the best place to, stay in the Bahamas it was it was beautiful I didn't I had a beautiful view everything it was just all everything was good about it um we had a lot of team bonding uh we got I think we got a lot closer I think that helped us out a lot for sure as far as our chemistry who was your roommate in the Bahamas Tamar now Tamar is seems like a crazy dude like a, a funny big personality how was he as a roommate he was a very good roommate we laughed a whole lot um we're both we're both kind of clean freaks so we were both real clean so everything didn't get all messy and stuff which I don't like so it was all good I, I made it I asked him before we got to right when we got to him, I was like can you be clean or do you like put all your stuff everywhere he was like I'm clean so it was it was all good that's good that, I'm I'm glad you didn't see my room <laughs> would have been bad I do wonder, because obviously part of basketball, you know, high school, AAU, there's always turnover. Some guys are leaving or graduating and moving on, new guys coming up. Uh, when you have, uh, especially with, like, the transfer portal being a thing now, uh, is it something where a, a trip like that really speeds up the integration of the players, you know, older and younger into the team, where if you guys hadn't had that trip it would have taken weeks or months longer to, to feel the bond that you have personally with these guys now? Um, I don't think it would have slowed it down a whole lot because I think we were bonding a whole lot while we were here. And like, like I said, the vibe is different. So like, it was just, everybody was meshing together all super well. And I think the Bahamas trip just boosted it even more. Uh, I want to ask, well, I got to ask a couple of quick things about what's happened recently, but one more about the Bahamas. So Tamar is a clean freak. You're a clean freak. Who would you vote on the team would be the slob of the team? If you just had to guess, who do I not want to room with? Because towels are going everywhere. Clothes are going everywhere. Pizza boxes everywhere. Who's the slob? I can't throw him underneath the bus like that. I can't you got to throw him under the bus. That's what I we can't. do here. I can't. Uh, All right, wait. Look at look at the camera and blink if I blink once if it's a yes, blink twice if it's a no. Okay? Slob. Race Thompson. No blinking. No blinking. No blinking. So what does that mean? Hold on. So you said no two times. One, right? one blink, yes, two blinks, no. Okay. Race Thompson. Two no. blinks. No, uh, Rob Finnessy. Two blinks. Jordan Geronimo. <laughs> ah! <One blink>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, throw him under the bus. <laughs> All right, so that's good to know. That's very good to know. But here's another, a, a serious question. Um, I think just in the last week, you had a uh, pretty amazing visitor to practice. Uh, in the form of Coach Bob Knight. And the picture that Woody sent got picked up everywhere. It's always big news when Coach Knight is back around the program in any way. You grew up in the state of Indiana. I'm sure you were regaled with stories of the legend of Bob Knight, even though 
even though you weren't alive when he was coaching at Indiana. Yeah. But what was it like having Coach Knight at practice? Uh, it was really an honor. It was kind of like I was kind of like shell shocked because I never I've never met him or nothing like that before. So we went over there and talked to him for a second. He was like he was like uh, Coach wasn't like you got anything to say to the fellas. He was like he was like make sure you guard somebody. That's all he said. <laughs> so yeah, that was a everybody clapped for him, and then we um, he just watched a summer practice and then he left it. But it was a everybody had a high energy that day for sure. So it did. It raised the whole team's mojo, knowing that this legend was was sitting over yeah, there. I, th I think so, for sure. That's great. Well, we do hear about how Coach Woodson reminds you what you're there to do in the mm -hmm. form of the banners that are hanging, mm -hmm. and and of course, Coach Bob Knight was responsible for hanging three of the big ones and mm -hmm. a bunch of those Big Ten titles. How often does Coach Woodson invoke? Not even necessarily what Coach Knight taught him. He probably does that without even saying it. It's just part of who he is. But how much does he talk about what it took back in his day to be a part of, at that time, the greatest college program in the nation? How much does that past come up to inform what you guys are doing right now? Uh, I'd say almost every day. Uh, he, bring, he brings up something from the past, not necessarily directly, but he just talks about it a lot, um, and, and it helps us a lot too because it tell, he tells us how hard his team and past team before him and after him worked to get to where we want to get. So it motivates us a lot. And real quick, I just wanted to follow up on that. And how many of those teammates of coaches have been around, or other former great Indiana players? Have they been around practice a decent amount this year? Yeah, a couple of them for sure. Um, uh, I say, yeah, a couple, and then a couple people from like the NBA and stuff. But that's what it is because he's just Coach Woodson. So, and, and and let's not forget Mike Epps. Oh, Mike that was I, that was my favorite. That was my favorite right there. Was I, it? I, I, didn't, I didn't believe that Mike because I've watched Mike Epps since I was literally super young. So when he came, it was he literally acts how he acts in the movies in real life. Are you so, are you a fan of his stand up comedy? Do you know him as a stand up yes. comic too? Yeah, I watch all. I've been watching all his stuff for a while. Are you a big fan of stand up comedy in general? Yeah, I like I like comedy a whole lot for sure. Give, give us some other guys besides Epps that you really like. I like watching like the older ones, like Bernie Mac, Chris Tucker. Um, who else? Those are my Chris Tucker is like my number one, and then Have you, Mike Epps and Bernie Chris Mac. Tucker. Uh, Bernie Mac was just a legend. Did you? Are you a fan of the original Kings of Comedy? Have you? I assume you've seen that. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, so let's take a step back. But before we do, who's your roommate now in Bloomington? Um, the Anthony Trey and Jordan. Oh, oh, the messy dude. That's <laughs> so, that. Now so we're getting it. That's why he knows about but JG. How cool is it? to kind of skip ahead here, but how cool is it to be roommates with two guys that you played AAU ball with? Like you've known those guys for a long time. I remember following your recruitment, seeing you guys take pictures together on the back of golf carts and stuff when you're in Bloomington. Um, has that friendship just, just made the transition to college life all the more easy and fun? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was just, since we were with each other almost the whole summer and practiced with each other for AAU and stuff, it was just like, it wasn't no adjusting. It was just 
us being friends like we were before. Who is the best dresser out of all your roommates? Trey. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, now my sense is that Trey is the wild man and Anthony is like the student, very strict, disciplined. Is that correct? I think Anthony has a mix of both. Ooh. All right. But Trey, he's the wild man. I think Anthony's the, the father of the team. For sure. He's the oh. most responsible, for sure. But Trey is clearly the wild man. He is, but he takes stuff serious, too. He just he just likes to have like fun. He likes to be goofy and stuff. So, All right, well, cool. I can see that. You know, he's the military kid with the, the, the coach as a father, so he's got to let loose a little bit. And then I can see with Anthony, he's like, guys, look, I got to live here. I grew up here. Guys, we, <laughs> guys, we can't burn this place down. This is my home. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Christian, let's go back to your childhood. Growing up, you grew up in Evansville as well as played high school there? When did the game of basketball find you or you find it? How old were you and what do you remember from like your earliest memories with basketball? Um, My parents say I played through the basketball and never put it down again since I was three. Wow. Uh, They got me like a little tykes hoop and I shot on it every day, but I don't remember that personally but my first basketball memory was when I was like six and I was in like in the YMCA YMCA league like the colored wristbands and you had to guard the same colored wristband as you <laughs> uh, that's when I really I like I liked basketball but I played basketball and football all the way up until my freshman year and I just love both both sports but I really got serious with basketball like I really thought I was going to play it um probably like my seventh grade year. That's when I really got good, I think. And But then I was still playing football, too, and I really loved football, so. Was what there... position in football? Um, I played running back in safety up until my seventh grade year. And then I played my cub year. I played quarterback, wide receiver, and corner. Would you throw the ball to yourself and also defend yourself all at the same time? That's how fast you were. No, I wish, but I like, I like, I was like more of like a, I could throw the ball pretty good, but I like to run the ball too. So it was kind of a win-win. So was there a a moment, a conversation uh, where, where you, you figured to really, uh, that you needed to make a decision, that you had to go all in on basketball because you knew that the game of basketball could take you far beyond high school? Um, yes, it was right after my Cubby or football. Um, I had a really good season that season two in football, so it was like a hard decision because I loved football too. I've watched it my whole life and everything, so it was kind of a hard decision, but um, I knew I was like – better at basketball and I was getting really good at it so I knew I had to pick one so at the end of the day I just had to pick one and grind for one sport and then I was grinding from my cub year to my junior year and then I kind of blew up kind of yeah kind I would say wait before we move on from football though because you said you watched it like who are your teams who do you root for in football I I liked watching college football more than NFL, personally. I don't know why, but I just like college football. I watched – my favorite teams to watch was um, Alabama, obviously, because they just had – they always had a good team. 
Um, I liked Michigan. The only reason why I liked to watch Michigan when I was super young is because, like, I fell in love with their helmets because they had, like, the claws on it. So, like, when I was younger, I liked watching them. So, I just always watched them. Um, those are, like, the main two teams. But I usually just watch, like, all the games all day on Saturdays, like, with my dad. So, were, you an, were you an NBA fan at all as a young kid from, for basketball? Yeah, for sure. And who were the players or teams that, that like, do you have any posters on your walls? Um, I used to, but I took them down and put some, I put like a whole bunch of writing and stuff on my wall. So oh, I like write quotes and stuff like that. Can you give Are us you an example of uh, one of the quotes? Um, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. It's by Eric Thomas. Well, are you a big reader? Do you read books or you just try to find stuff online like saying? I watch, I watch like a lot of podcasts and like motivational speakers and stuff like that. I don't really like to read, but I need to get into reading some more. But that's interesting that, that the podcast thing, when did that start for you? Uh, me, list, actually listen to podcasts probably like my sophomore year in high school. Got it. Probably. And when, when did you realize that the Hoosier Hysterics podcast was something that you needed to listen to for inspiration and knowledge and insight into the world so you don't miss an episode? When did that start for you? Probably my junior year. <laughs> Of college. Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> so um, back to the NBA, who who were the players that you really looked up to when you were watching games? Well, I always go back. I like watching like old – I like to watch older basketball. My favorite player of all time is Allen Iverson. Mm. And because I liked Allen Iverson since I was like super young, I had all his shoes, all like the one with the zipper up the middle. I loved all his shoes. I loved – I watched his documentary like a million times. Um, I liked him because he played football and basketball. So that was like, and he had that swag too. So like that was his, it's always, he's always been my favorite player. It's funny because like, you're, you're, you're very, I mean, your builds are similar, right? Like you're, you're similar athletes, you know, it's, it's interesting that you kind of, you gravitated towards somebody who I could see a lot of, you know, your, his game in you, as far as the swag mm -hmm. goes, the vision, Obviously, you know, I mean, you. one of the things that was talked about you from a very early age was the vision that you have for the game at speed. And and clearly a guy like Iverson saw the whole game in front of him. Um, mm -hmm. Do you go old school even before Iverson? Like, do you get back to Magic and Isaiah, former Hoosier, um, guys like that and watch their definitely. games? Definitely. Uh, Magic was a, was a different – he was a, the biggest point guard ever. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. He was a different breed for sure. He said he saw the floor different than anybody to me. Totally. Um, you'd mentioned watching football, college football with your father. Just mm -hmm. wondering, you know, growing up, the influence he had or or your mother or anybody else around you who we all know that for any great athlete to to get to the point where they're playing at IU, uh, mm -hmm. there's got to be a lot of support and help along the way. Who's who's been that support system in your life? Biggest inspirations and people that supported me for sure wasn't definitely my mom and my dad my whole life. Um, they already they told me from when I first started playing sports, if you're really gonna do it, you gotta put your all into it. And that's what I did with both football and basketball. And then uh, later on, just basketball. But they were always hard on me. They were like, we're not about to just do this for fun. We're gonna do it for real if you really wanna do it, so. Well, you did it. There were rumors during your recruitment that Michigan was actually your dream school as a kid. Was that mm -hmm. were those rumors true? And was that all based on the basically the helmet and the football team? Yeah, definitely. Um, they were. Uh, and I liked watching the 
I, I fell in love with the Fab Five. I watched yeah. that documentary a whole lot. Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, and all of them. So, yeah, that was. But the but the initial reason why I started liking Michigan was definitely the football helmets. But, so, but then in time, you did learn about how Calbert Chaney and his teammates dominated the Fab Five, right? <laughs> yeah, I heard, yes, I definitely heard about that. <laughs> so your your high school career starts. You you've dedicated yourself to basketball, mm-hmm. and pretty early on, you blow up. I mean, you you obviously you blow up basically your freshman year. Uh, mm-hmm. People start talking to you. When did recruiting start for you? And do you remember who like the first college coach was that that really reached out to you and started recruiting you? Um, my first offer was right before my freshman year started, and it was like the craziest moment ever. Cause I didn't ever think I was gonna get an offer that early, and like when I got the call, it was IUPUI. And even I, I was IUPUI, and I got I got so happy after I got off the phone. I ran around my neighborhood like three times. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I never thought I was gonna get an offer that early. It was crazy. And then as soon as I got that offer, it was like they just kept coming. Right after that, it was like, and then it was Illinois. Right after that, and then I don't know exactly who was third, but I remember it was IUPUI. Then Illinois was second. I I like the idea that you got the IUPUI offer freak out run around your neighborhood then pick the phone back up and go oh by the way i'm definitely not coming to you guys so you guys don't get too excited i'll get excited but just so you know don't transfer the excitement yeah as soon as soon as they seen that the illinois offer came in they didn't even text me anymore so i don't know that's great they're Um, they're self-aware i do wonder once those offers start rolling in you know and you've you've got recruiting magazines outlets well not magazines probably just websites at this point um calling you coaches assistant coaches uh, how do you how do you handle that is that something where your parents step in and and screen a lot of that and feel a lot of that do you do that directly how how do you keep that from taking over your life well at first it was they had to go through someone to get to me so like it wasn't as bad because they knew when to like when to have someone talk to me and when not to like if I was busy or something. But once they had this, had they just had free reign just to call me like the coaches like directly. It was kind of it was kind of overwhelming at first because it was like an everyday type of thing. But uh, I got kind of got used to it and I know how to manage it, so it wasn't that bad after a while. You also became clear number one priority for Archie Miller and his staff pretty early on in their run. I mean, obviously they had Romeo that they focused on right away. And then Trace was right on the heels of that, but you Mm -hmm. were kind of right along there as they were recruiting Trace, they started building the relationship with you. Mm -hmm. What was it like? And and I believe that Tom Ostrom really led the recruitment of you. What was that like getting to know those, those coaches at Indiana? And at that point in your life, did Indiana basketball mean something to you? Like, did being the hometown kid matter much? And and don't worry, we're not going to beat you up. Not that we could if <laughs> if the answer is is no. But I'm just curious, you know, fans like us in Indiana, we think, oh, if you grow up in Indiana, Indiana means everything. And the second you get an offer, you're going to commit to Indiana. And it's obviously not the case. But what did Indiana mean to you when that recruitment started? At first... I didn't, I wasn't thinking about being like the hometown kid that goes to IU. I really wasn't. But as I 
built a relationship with them uh, from literally my freshman year since that's when I got my offer. So like I've had a good relationship with them for like two years. So um, it, as a, as the relationship went on, it definitely definitely played a role into my recruitment for sure. Well, and I do wonder because Calbert Cheney was the guy on the team when Eric and I were like 12 years old, you know, right when you're like, this is my team, this is my school forever, even though I inherited it from my grandmother and my my father, now I love this team, now I love this school. Is there, is Calbert's name really still like alive and well in Evansville as this incredible player who went to IU, or was that just too long ago now? No, everybody, yeah, people still talk about Calbert for sure. Uh, mostly, mostly the um, people that actually seen him play, not really like my age group or nothing, but I talk to like a lot of like older people and stuff. So it's like, they always bring him up. So yeah, he's definitely, he definitely talked about still. Have you gotten to meet Calbert? Yes. What, is there, is there an Evansville, Evansville guys who went to IU? That's still pretty rare. Yeah, definitely. We um, that's what we were talking about when he was. It was like in the middle of my recruitment. He was, he found out that I was getting recruited pretty heavy uh, from IU, and he was just trying to like lean me towards IU. But he knew he knew how the recruitment stuff went, so he was just like, "We both from Evansville, this, that, and the other." So it was it was a pretty good experience meeting him for sure. And that was that meaningful for you, building a relationship a little bit with him, getting to talk to him. Yeah, definitely. He uh, he knew how the Indiana system worked. He's been there and been the star of the team. So he definitely talked to me about that. So then your high school career moves forward. Obviously you win a sectional championship, which in the state of Indiana means more than anywhere else. Uh, your AAU team is doing very well and you, you build a, a relationship with Trey Galloway and Anthony Leal. Um, mm -hmm. When does the conversation or the thought about reclassifying start to figure into your life? Um, I honestly don't know exactly how it came about, but I, it was like the top, like my top schools that I was like talking to the most heavy, they started like talking about it and stuff. Cause at first I was gonna possibly go to a prep school and for my senior year, but then the reclassifying thing came about and like the my top school that I was talking to started talking about me reclassifying and then they all said I was good enough so that came into came into play and then a whole bunch of other stuff that I, I'm not going to speak about but uh <laughs> well wait but, wait a minute so I'm not going to push you there but I do want to ask look you're you're you know you're a couple years beyond that now um I am wondering when you look back on it do you feel like it was a decision that you got to make and you drove, or do you feel like you were talked into it by not, I'm not just talking about Indiana. I'm talking about those other schools that were recruiting you too. Do you feel like they were pushing you to do that? Um, they were pushing me to do it, but I feel like I wanted to do it too, for sure. Um, I feel like since I think it boosted my confidence even more, so I, oh, I think I can play against anybody especially like the confidence level that I had my junior year, I definitely feel like I could play with, against anybody. So when they said that I was ready, they, they're literally coaching college players for a living. So when they said I'm, I'm, I, I could be ready, 
then I definitely felt like I could be. Uh, just to circle back to AAU with Anthony and Trey, and I remember you guys came out here, and I believe you defeated the the Compton team, and and I wonder if either in, in conversations with Anthony and Trey, and and you guys are already representing the state and the brand of basketball that we all we all believe we know we come from the best basketball state in the country and when you come out here and you whip on some california kids was that it was that something then you took pride in and did that kind of factor into the decision of wanting to continue that with those guys for the state school um I, we've talked we talked about it every now and then about since we were all getting recruited pretty hard with uh with iu but they had their top schools and i had my top school so it was just like whatever like best fit us type stuff so it wasn't really like oh we're all about to come in here like as planned type it was just like if it all fits if it all fits for us then we're all going to come here type so now it is no secret that one of those schools for you was the school that's not very far away from evansville louisville right (laughs) how do i ask this i'm just gonna ask it did the fact that they just seem to be in trouble all of the time on stuff happening off the court. Did that play into your decision at all? Um, I think a little bit, but I don't think that much. So what was it about Indiana and the pitch that you were getting from Coach Ostrom and Coach Miller? What was it about that pitch that finally resonated with you and made you think this is the right move for me? I think it was just the consistency that they had. Um, they never let up since my freshman year with the communication with me and trying to build relationships. They always came to visit me at my high school for practices. I always came up here for games. Um, my official visit was great. Um, all my visits here, my unofficial and official visits was here was great. So I just think it was just the consistency and the relationship built over the years. You, you got to go to games pre-COVID. How excited are you to step into Assembly Hall with a full crowd cheering for you? I cannot wait, definitely. Especially since last year there was not many fans at all in the crowd. It's going to be a totally different atmosphere, so I cannot wait, especially since I've seen it for myself when I was when it was pre-COVID. Walk us through the commitment. When you actually made the decision to commit, who did you call at Indiana? What was that conversation like? I didn't call anybody. So I was at the game against Penn State last year when it was at Assembly. And I don't know what exactly what it was, but I was just sitting there thinking the whole time like about my recruitment, like just sitting behind the bench, just looking at like the atmosphere. It was crazy. Um, I was just like walking through like the whole our whole relationship in my head. And then I was I just looked, I just went over to my mom, like she was right next to me, and I was like, I think I'm gonna commit. And then after that, I called my dad because he wasn't at the game with me. He was at work. So I called him. He was like, he was like that's the decision you want to make. Like, I'm, I'm all here for you. Uh, it was all that. Made sure he was, like, okay with not okay with it. But I was just made sure I told him before I told the coaches. And uh, it was after the game and we went back to the locker room. Uh, and we were just sitting there. And we was like, we got to tell you something. And like they were like they were all nervous and stuff. It was like after they it was a, it was after they won the game, so that they, they were all happy and stuff. But when we told them we had a talk, so we went back to the little like little office area, 
noon, we were like, uh, he was still trying to like, like do this recruitment pitch at me and we just let him go. Like, <laughs> my mom just let him go, like just talking. And then he was, and then we were like, we were like, well, we have to tell you something. And we were like, we're going to commit. And uh, he was like, so I didn't even say all that, did I? <laughs> and then uh, Coach Ostrom gave me a big old hug and like squeezed the mess out of me. <laughs> that was that. And then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, post it that day though. I waited a couple of days to post it, but they knew. Wow. The, it's funny because, by the way, it would be the dick move of the century if you were it at a game, waited for them to win. And while they're celebrating the win, meet with them and go, yeah, it's not for me. I mean, that would be. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. I think, I think that's what they were thinking because they they knew that I had like other schools like messing with me, like super heavy and that I like. So I think that's what like both of their faces got super red. They were like, and they just, so they didn't now, know what was real. Yeah. Now we know that Archie is not how we should say the most emotional open emotionally open person in the world how did he react did he celebrate in some way with you right there he did but i know his personal personality so it wasn't like tom's because tom ostrom's was like he's an emotional guy so like his his reaction archie's reaction was like totally different i could tell archie was happy about it but he wasn't he doesn't show like a whole bunch of emotion so i think he was happy but so I was Real, when it, go ahead. I was going to say when the announcement does go public, did you did did you feel how excited Hoosier Nation was, whether through Twitter or people back in Evansville or when you're walking around in Bloomington after the commitment? Did you immediately feel the excitement we all felt upon your commitment? Oh yeah, definitely. Um... Uh oh, we lost Post, you. Like went like instantly went, um, on Twitter. Oh, there we go. Go it? ahead. You you can answer uh, that one again. Um, my Instagram and Twitter instantly went crazy. I like I went I after I committed after I posted the commitment. I like I dozed off. I was like super tired, and I woke up like twenty five minutes later. It was like 25, 30 minutes later, and like both my posts on Twitter and Instagram were going crazy. So yeah, I definitely felt felt the love for sure. When you made the decision to reclassify. One of the things that you um, gave up was a chance to be Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana your senior year, uh, and obviously just enjoy being a senior. Did any of that play into making the decision hard uh, to reclassify, or was the 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 lure of being a college basketball player at Indiana just so much that you didn't care too much about that stuff? Oh yeah, I definitely cared for sure. Um, I just think it just. It was gonna be a good experience for my senior year. A lot of stuff would have happened, but I felt like it would. It was just better for me to reclassify. I know I missed out on a lot. Like I wanted, I always wanted to be a Jordan Brand All American, a McDonald's All American, like you said, uh, Mr. Basketball. So I felt like it was. It, it made it hard, but at the end, I outweighed had the pros and cons. So it was. I think it was a better decision for me to reclass. Getting so to Bloomington. I mean, it's it's go time. I remember when my parents dropped me off. I, I've never been more excited in my life, ever. Uh, what what was it like from being a junior in high school? All of a sudden, you're let loose in Bloomington, 
as not only a freshman, but as a freshman basketball player. Was it super fun? Was it overwhelming? Did it take some time to adjust? It definitely took some time to adjust because I was like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mama's boy. So it was it was definitely hard. I was kind of homesick my first couple of weeks here, but I, I adjusted pretty quickly. I thought I was going to be wounded for a while, but I, I was good. We should also say this about your mom, who I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years. We invited your mom to be on the podcast with you when we started talking about this like a year ago. And your mom's response was, Twitter's not ready for me. <laughs> and podcasts aren't ready for me. They're not. <laughs> At all. I definitely agree. <laughs> for sure. She's, she's going to keep it 100 more than anybody. She does not care about nobody's feelings. All right. But, well, whatever it is, that's what she's going to say. I love that. So, you're you're at Indiana. It takes you a little time to adjust. You're obviously, you know, right into playing basketball and workouts. Um, I don't want to belabor what the season was, but I am curious. Like you had all that confidence and all that swag coming from your junior year, which was an amazing year. Do you remember a moment, Christian, when you got to Indiana, where it was like, from a basketball perspective, it's just not going the way that I envisioned it to go. Do you remember like a moment or, or a, a stretch of time where, where that started to sink in? Um, I don't exactly remember, but I definitely had the feeling that feeling that you're talking about, like the majority of the season. Um, I don't remember exactly when my, that all that happened, but it definitely did happen. So. And did that make you press even harder when you did get chances to be in games? Did you find yourself like, I mean, look, it's no secret that like you just didn't get to play that much, obviously. And I'm sure that was frustrating coming from a guy who's always been the star of his team for the last several years. Did that, did you put more pressure on yourself in those moments to perform even more? And then that, of course, that's a difficult place to be. Yeah, I definitely did that, and I probably shouldn't have, but uh, I definitely did, and it didn't really, like, work out in my favor, but I'm past that now, so. Yeah, it's so hard. It, Look, you're in the moment. It's so – you could see it on your face. I mean, there were a couple of those games where, like, you had great drives to the bucket, and then I remember when you, know, you missed a layup or something, and you could see it on your face. You're like, what the F is going on here? Yeah. Um, did you have somebody on the team – whether it was a coach or a player that you could kind of lean on just emotionally, like to help you just keep your head on straight going through what, what had to have been athletically the toughest time of your life, I would think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, main people I talked to is uh, Ray's Thompson and Al Durham. Oh, that's sure. cool. And how did they help you? Um, race, race helped me a lot because he said he kind of went through the same thing coming here early. Like, like I did. So he definitely helped me. He knew what it was. He knew what it felt like not to play his first couple of years or his first couple of years. Yeah, his first years here. So, like, he helped me out a lot. He was just like, you're really talented. You know, you got what it takes. So you just got to be patient and keep working. So he just kept talking to me. And then Al, he just said pretty much said the same thing. But I kind of talked to him more because I had, like, a better relationship with him last year since I, I hung out with him a whole lot last year. So he helped me out a lot. Um. When the whole team is struggling and when the whole world is struggling, I mean, that was a gnarly 
year in the world to show up at college. Did you really just feel all of that kind of start to compound? I think it would have been difficult enough in a normal year to come into mm-hmm. the situation you did reclassifying and trying to find your footing in the Big Ten. But when the whole world's gone to shit and you can't even have 17,000 crazy people like us in the crowd trying to lift your spirit, did, did you just was was the whole program just kind of starting to get crushed under the weight of of what, you know, had honestly been a really rough stretch for for Coach Miller since he showed up? Definitely. I feel like for me personally, it definitely did. Um, I think it did for the team, but I'm not going to speak for the whole team necessarily. But me personally, it definitely compounded for sure. And it was just a whole lot of whole lot of stress and mind boggling things. So, yeah. And then add to that, like this is the you talked about the relationship and the consistency that they had building the relationship with you. Mm. And then at the end of the year, I'm sure you heard the rumors that could this be the end of the Archie Miller era in, mm-hmm. in Bloomington? And these are the people that you reclassified to to commit to. Um, were you able to block out that noise or did you hear that stuff start to creep in at the end of the year? Oh, yeah. I, I heard about it pretty early, to be honest. Our whole team did. Um, I was just thinking about, like, I, honestly, I was just like, I got to probably leave. So, like, I was just, that was my... That was my pretty much my mindset. Um, probably going to the transfer portal after the season ended or whatever. Sure. So, yeah. And the, and the feeling behind that was like, man, nothing about this worked out. I have no idea who they're going to bring in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just need to. I just need a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So, then they do tell you who's coming in. Can you take mm-hmm. us through? your mindset from being like, I got to get out of here to how coach Woodson ended up changing your mind. Um, yeah, I was pretty much set on, on leaving. Um, I put myself in the transfer portal. Uh, but then I say, uh, while, while I put myself in the transfer portal and then a, like a day or two after they told me who was going to be the coach and was coach Woodson. I was like, I've, well, I've seen him like, a million times. I never like knew him or not, but I've seen him a million times on TV while coaching for the Knicks or whatever. So I was like, that's an NBA coach. So I was like, got kind of curious. And then I didn't know, like he knew everybody on the team. So like knew who was on the team. So like I wanted for him to like kind of reach out to me and see if he still would like want, want me on the team. So like, yeah, he called me and uh, we set up a meeting and like, he just sat me, sat me and my family down and just, gave me reasons why I should stay and why he needed me on the team. So, yeah. Can, you, can you get into the specifics of what he said? Um, I, He just said he wanted to, because he's, he's coached a lot of good guards and stuff like that. So I, he said he felt like he, he's watched some of my, like my old tape and stuff. And he thinks I'm a, that I was a very talented kid and he felt like he wanted to coach me. So, and I, and I know what he, what he had underneath his belt. So I, I couldn't, couldn't really argue with it. It was just, he had he coached one of the he coached Hall of Famers. So, um, a little half step back, and and I'm sorry if this is difficult to answer, but if everything would have stayed the same at Indiana, if they wouldn't have made a change, and you still had the tough year that you had, do you think you would have considered transferring, even just if everything stayed the same from a coaching perspective? Uh, yeah, I think I probably would have considered yeah. transferring. So, yeah. 
So you have the meeting with Coach Woody. How quickly after that meeting, or was it even during the meeting where you realized, oh, I want to play for this guy? Um, I think the way he was talking to me, I felt like I was like, I need to probably stay. But I needed to think about it. I didn't want to just be in the moment. So I took a couple of days uh, and seen like I was talking to other schools already from like the transfer portal, even though I, was on, I wasn't in there for that long. But I was talking to some other coaches and stuff. But um, it took me a couple of days after the meeting, and then I decided to come back. How much of it was what he said and how much of it was how he said it and just – his vibe and his energy. How important was that? Just the, the feeling you got being in the room with him. I think I could, I'm pretty good at telling people's vibes and like how they, how they really act and stuff. And I just feel like he was just a straightforward person. Like he didn't, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He was just like straightforward and what he wanted. And um, I just felt like it was a good vibe. I just didn't want to make a decision on the spot for real. I just needed a couple of days to think about it. So the first time you were on the court where Coach Woody was on the court too coaching, was it so, like immediate where you realized, oh, this is different than last year? Definitely. And what what was – I don't care about specifics, but what was the feeling that was so different? It was just like everybody seemed like happy like on the, on the court. It was just like a different vibe. Everybody's like – looks like they were actually having fun like playing basketball. Are you having fun playing basketball right now? Yeah. How important is that? Definitely super important because if you're not having fun playing the sport that you've loved your whole life, then it's, it's definitely a red flag. Are you having fun being a student at Indiana University? Yes, I am. So I'm, I'm guessing it's way better than a COVID freshman year being out and about on campus. I kind of liked – I kind of got used to and liked the Zooms because I got to lay in my bed and be on the Zoom. But <laughs> but it's it's good to like see other people and meet other people out on campus and stuff for sure. All right. So you need to have a meal in Bloomington. You can go anywhere you want. Not breakfast, like lunch or dinner. What what restaurant are you going to in Bloomington? Buffalo's probably. And what's the order? What's the order? Um a Louis dozen medium medium wings traditional yeah i was gonna say bone in bone in bone in for sure and let's let's put an end we need to put an end to this boneless wing thing i don't know i don't ever like i've never liked really boneless wings the only time i ever ate i like i really like boneless wings from buffalo wild wings though they're really good but how do they get the bone out i don't know but it's good honey barbecue boneless wings from buffalo wild wings are crazy all right but usually I'm, I'm usually I'm usually a bone-in, bone-in. I need person. something to grab on to. Oh, yeah. What was the sandwich you introduced me to there? The 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 pot roast sandwich? Pot roast sandwich. Have you tried oh, that? Yeah. Yes. Damn, that is good. That's special. Special. One of my friends, I just had that recently, actually, because one of my friends told me about it. He put it on his on his on one of his uh, Instagram stories, and I was like, I slid up, and I was like, what is that? And then we went and got it, like, the next day. It's worth it, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely, for sure. I wore more Bloomington. Um, do you like pizza? Mm-hmm. So you got one pizza to order in Bloomington. Where do you order it from, and what's on it? What kind? Well, I'm kind of generic when it comes to pizza. I'm going to go with Domino's because I just like – that's been my go-to since I was 
super young and it's always been so mine's got yeah. You we'll work on you that. We'll work on that whole interview, but we got to get you some pizza X, some mother. Oh, I, eat, I eat, I eat pizza X way too much at this point. All right. Um, I've been eating pizza X pretty heavy recently. Does, so. does Xavier Johnson think that he is like the president of pizza X? At first he did, but I don't think he does anymore. He's kind of calmed down a little bit, but <laughs> at first he definitely did. Yeah. What that means is pizza X money dried up. That's what that means. <laughs> um. All right. Um, favorite movie of all time? That's a hard one. Okay, I got more. Uh, I'm gonna give you a cartoon favorite movie, and then I'm gonna give you a regular favorite movie. Okay. Uh, cartoon probably Finding Nemo or Monsters Inc. Pixar then, guy. Okay. And then a real movie probably. Mm, probably. World bounce or drumline. Okay. Ooh, nice. Nice. I like um, I like I like the 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 Nemo and Monsters Inc. Yeah, those are my I I used to watch those on replay like all day. Those are awesome movies. And do you like yeah. just animation in general or cuz you you gave it its own category. So are you pretty heavy in there by itself? Yeah, definitely. I I like I like I like well, I watch anime pretty heavy. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Um I feel like that was half the Halloween costumes yesterday was anime characters. My kids, like the people in our neighborhood, almost yeah. I'm, like, like 30, 40% were anime characters. Anime has been pretty slept on, but now it's coming to like uh, these past couple of years. So did, did you dress up for Halloween? No, I, I, I'm not really. I had a mask. I had like this cool like mask that like lit up. It was like an X on my eyes and it was like a smile and it had like a remote and it had like lights on it. But I, I didn't really dress up that much. It's pretty lazy. That's a lazy yeah, costume. It was. It definitely was. <laughs> well, well the, the, the fun thing is that Eric, he, he dressed up as Squid Game, and when uh, he, he fell down and severely hurt his ankle coming back from trick-or-treating, he split his Squid Game costume right up the crotch, I believe, right? That's how that happened? <laughs> Go F yourself, Ward! <laughs> hey, if I take your daughter home wow. from school, she's going to tell me things. Wow, that's crazy. It's bad. It's bad news. Did you watch Squid Game? I started, but have not finished it. All right. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Um, probably Power. If you ever watched that, of course. Yeah, that's probably my that's probably my favorite show. All right. Um, what what music are you listening to right now? What's in heavy rotation? You can give us two or three. Like artists? Yeah. Um, Drake, um, this artist called named Brent Fiaz. I don't know if you would know him, but his name's mm-hmm. Brent Fiaz. Yeah, I think he's from Cali, actually. Okay, oh, West Coast. Um, uh, Drake, Brent, um, NBA Youngboy, and um, probably Little Baby. Those little are the baby. names. Been in. Little Baby's like, good. Little babies. What about Little Uzi Vert? I, I haven't listened to Little Uzi Vert in a long time, but he's been one of my favorite rappers. What about Lil Yachty? No, I do not like him. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really like him. <laughs> what about uh, Billy Joel? Who? Oh. <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> Ask your mom about Billy Joel. She'll know Billy Joel. Well, what? What about John Cougar Mellencamp? 
That's all. Oh, hold on. The Melon oh, Camp yeah, okay. Pavilion? Yeah, Pavilion, yeah. I knew, I thought that was a trick question. Well, to be fair, pretty early, he started off as John Cougar, and then he got a little more juice in the industry, so he said, I want to be called John Cougar Melon Camp. And then when he took over the radio waves in the like early 80s, he's like, John Melon Camp only. So nobody calls him the Cougie anymore. Yeah, that's what threw me off, the Cougie part. That was what I was like... We can't hear it, Eric. We just see you oh. popping your head. No. Really. All right, that's it. Just a little instrumental for you. Just a little instrumental. But look, COVID's uh, over. You're going to see John Mellencamp in the stands again this year. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see a whole lot of people in the stands this year. Sure. And we can't wait to see a whole bunch of people on November 6th at Hoosier Fan Fest. HoosierFanFest.com. By the way, going to be a little three-point contest. Will you be participating in the three-point contest? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then and then to skip ahead of our, our promotion there to the game, which we are going to attend, we cannot miss out on the first game in Assembly Hall in Coach Woodson's era. Um, are you guys, are you already, like, looking at film for that game? Are you already in, like, pre-game, get-ready-to-go mode? Or is it still, like, general practices? Um, I, we haven't looked at any film yet, but I think we probably will later this week. But we're, we've been in go mode since we got back from the Bahamas. So once we had that little break after the Bahamas, we definitely been locked in ever since then. So every practice has been getting forward to the, the first game for sure. We're going to be so loud. We are going to be so loud. It's going to I cannot be... wait. <laughs> yeah. Do you I think after the game, assuming that we win, before you go to the locker room, do you think you can come by and dab us and make us seem like we're cool? I got you. If I, if I, if I see you guys, I definitely will. Oh, you'll see us. Oh, you'll see us. <laughs> you'll definitely Don't hear worry. us. <laughs> Christian, listen, man. We've been wanting to do this since before you ever came to Indiana. And it is a Monday night and it's late. It's like 10, 15 where you are. And I, I really appreciate it. I just got to say this to you, man. Ward said it earlier. When you committed to Indiana, you made millions of people happy. I mean, you really did. And we have gotten to see flashes of what we know you are, both last year at Indiana and on YouTube clips. And you are tantalizing with your talent. I mean, the way you read the game, it's clear that you see it differently than most people. And you have an entire fan base of people behind you. And I don't care if you go one for a hundred or a hundred of a hundred. We love that you chose to come to Indiana when you could have gone to any school in the country. And we love that you decided to recommit to Indiana when you could have gone to most any school in the country. And we want you to finish your career a Hoosier. We want to be behind you and we are going to be behind you. And, you know, the true measure of any man is not how he does when things are going well. It's what happens and how he reacts when things don't go well. And, and clearly you've got a mind for um, inspiration and motivational quotes and keeping your eye on the prize. Your whole future is in front of you, man. And we are excited to watch it come to fruition. So I just want to thank you, big fans of yours, and uh, we can't wait to root like hell for you come a week from today. 
Appreciate that for sure. It was nice being on this on this show for sure. Your new favorite podcast. Definitely. Since his junior right. year. Got it. Yeah, junior year. <laughs> right. All right, tell, man. Jordan, tell Jordan to clean his shit up. Yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Be good, man. Good luck. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. That was super fun. Christian Lander, ladies and gentlemen. I feel I, I feel like we we finally know him now. Like it has. It's been a couple of years of hearing his name and and seeing moments. But if what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, holy shit, that kid, I'm sorry, that young man is is very strong. And I, I just feel so lucky that Coach Woodson was able to convince him to stay. And now we all get a chance to see what he can really do. Yeah, and I want to put the basketball aside for a second because we spend so much time talking about the character of the kids that are playing for Indiana, both at Archie and Tom brought in and and that this staff has continued. And again, his personality, would it be the right way to use the word belies what the perception might be of him? Would that be the right way to use that? Um, I feel like I you could make a, that work. There's a there's a sweetness to him. There's a uh, a mama's boy, you yeah. know, as he talks about, there's an innocence to him. I mean, um, Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's and, not like Scarface. Right. And and look, it was like at the beginning of the conversation, he wanted to get it out. Like, listen, <laughs> my confidence was as low as it has ever been. Like, he needed to get that out. You know, he wanted totally. to share that. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing to share. You know, it's a difficult thing for a grown-ass adult to share it's a really difficult thing for a kid who's supposed to have the world by the balls, truthfully, to share. I mean, this, you know, you don't think of five-star top 20 recruits that can go anywhere in the country having that vulnerability to them. And so I think it's a sign of his maturity that he's able to admit it, acknowledge it, move past it, and um, find that, that swag, again, that, that we saw a little bit of. Uh, at times last year and we well, saw it in practice well and I think that's a, a great indicator of truly being past it is being able to look back at it and and talk about it because when you're in it when you're in a funk like you don't want to talk about it you don't want to talk to anybody you know that's that's the hard place to be and again I think it's a testament not only to the work he did w within himself to find to find that and to bring it back but what this coaching staff, um, has been doing with all of these players and this program of of instilling confidence. And we've talked about the joy and the positive aspect of all that. And I, I do find it interesting. He came back to it a couple of times. He said, holding us accountable is what's giving us confidence as like the main thing, not like, hey, you're doing great in there, kid. It's going to get better. Just keep trying. It's like, no, get this shit done. And then they get that shit done. And then they know they can do it in a game situation. You know what else I heard between the lines during that was when he talked about how he holds everyone accountable from the star to the walk-on. The starting five, I think, is actually what he said, to the walk-on. Yeah. And he felt like they were together in a way. And he, he even did this with his hands. And you get the sense that that was an ingredient missing last year, that, that maybe people thought some people were held accountable more than others. I mean, you and I, 
on the podcast, off the podcast, were just losing our minds why it appeared that some players were able to just make the same mistakes over and over again. And here you have this guy, Christian Lander, who hasn't even had a chance to make the mistakes, really, and just losing his confidence game by game to the point where when they actually started playing him a little bit, it was it was too late. It was like the season was lost. And so that accountability of everyone, we're all together, we're all on the same page, and how that has then led to we're all happy playing the game of basketball, we're all having fun playing the game, is is a remarkable turnaround from a from a mindset standpoint in very short order. Well, and you know we've had a couple discussions about the the pre Big Ten schedule and how it is pretty soft this year, and to me, this is another reason why I like it for this team this year, so that all these guys, you know, ten plus guys can get some serious run. And if they clank a few, if they make a couple boneheaded reads or or miss a couple assignments, we should still be able to pull off these games and not damage the overall record. But just to give these guys some time in-game action in front of the crowds to, to find it. And then when the competition really starts to ratchet up, they'll know they'll have a base of games and victories, I think, on which to, to a well of confidence to draw upon, which is if they were playing Kansas and Kentucky and Duke, you know, in the first eight games of the season, um, I, I don't know if that would be the best start for a group of guys who clearly um, have got their groove back, but it hasn't really been battle tested yet. I, I didn't know Christian very well before this conversation. Not like I know him very well now, but definitely have a better sense of him and just really enjoy his thoughtfulness and 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 the depth that he has on some of these answers and rooting like hell for him because, I mean, it's great for Indiana. It's I'm so happy for him if he's able to turn this thing around. And, and I have faith that he's going to be able to. And it may not happen right away and it may not happen fully this year. But like you said, he's a freshman. So, um, and you always need point guards. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. Uh, People can follow us on Twitter, Ward. Yeah, they can, and they should. They should, at Hoosier Hysterics. For the hysterics, no E, no I. But But sometimes sometimes why? Uh, HoosierFanFest.com, HoosierFanFest.com, just five days away. And if you want to see Eric limping around, you better be there. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.